Speaking of 140, Tiafimo will be fighting at 140 officially. It's a 10-round fight against Pedro Campa. That is August 13th in Las Vegas. ESPN will be broadcasting it as it is top ranked. Campa, this is his first U.S. fight since 2015 and only his second outside of Mexico. So um, no home cooking because he'll be far away from it. It's his third fight in three years as well. What are you expecting out of Tio? Um, you know, coming off of uh, the poetic justice uh, uh, bit, you know, it, I, it's hard for me to just jump at the Tio's going to knock this guy out in three rounds. You know, that's how I feel. I think that we're going to see Tiafimo Lopez on fire. I think we're going to see Tiafimo Lopez um, ready for war. I think we're going to see the Tiafimo Lopez of old, and that's both good and bad. And that's why I'm a little, that's why I'm a little uh, unsettled about it. Good and bad. And what do you mean? I think, you know, Tiafimo Lopez is, he's, he's going to be looking for revenge and he's going to want to put on a show. And we really need to see Tiafimo Lopez of, of all the fighters in like the past, I want to say like five years showed us how mental the sport is. In a lot of ways, he let George Cambosas get in his head. And so much so that when he very obviously lost the fight, he made a grand stand that he was the winner of the George Cambosis fight. Yeah, that was ridiculous. He, he also said that, you know, I think he said he made some reference to the fight going 13 rounds, um, which lets you know that he was very obviously uh, concussed and needed to be under a doctor's care at that point. But, man, what a fall from grace after the very the, 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 the fight just previous to that being the, the, the standout king of not just 135 pounds, but... You know, he had he had emerged as a star in the sport at a very young age. Um, so I'm just looking to see how uh, how much of an effect that loss has played on his psyche. Um, I want to see if, you know, along with the aggressive nature, uh, he's you know, is he going to is he going to come out and be smart or is he going to be looking like his dad was telling him, why haven't you knocked this guy out yet? You know? I want to see which Tia female is going to show up. Is it going to be a cerebral assassin or is he just going to go in there guns blazing? Mm -hmm. And the other side of that argument is, and, and I know that he's very differential deferential to his father, but I don't think his father's the best coach for him anymore. And I say, you know, I say that with all due respect because I know what it takes for a father to get his son to that level. But the advice that he was giving his son and that George Cambosa's fight yep. was unsatisfactory um and and unprecedented and just it's not acceptable you know your son just got knocked down he got clipped by an overhand right which shows that this guy is, is a cerebral assassin he's very he's very obviously been scouting you he hit you he hit you with a shot and set you up and the only advice that you have for your son when he gets back to the ring is why haven't you knocked this kid out yet that's mm -hmm. not the person that I would want in my corner, my father, my trainer, my uncle, my whatever it is. I'm looking to bring somebody else in to be a voice of reason in my corner. He hasn't done that, and that causes some suspicion for me. All right, a lot to unpack. I agree with you on the latter. We've discussed it on previous episodes as well, that the direction and advice that he was given was – it fell short. I'll leave it at that. It fell way short. Having a different voice – who can not only sharpen his tools a little bit 
offensively, not that they need too much sharpening, but just adding a little bit more to his repertoire. But then also defensively could be a huge W for him. Yeah. Um, who that trainer is, we can jump into that in a second. What I do want to see from him, quite honestly, I agree. I want to see a knockout within three rounds. I want to see somebody that hasn't lost, hasn't lost any, that isn't rusty, that hasn't lost a step. I want to see the same guy that was, you know, putting on, I think it was like Joe Burrow LSU jerseys afterwards and smiling and doing backflips. Like, I want to see that again. I want to see the power. I want to see the strength. I want to see the excitement. And I, I, at least, am not reserving doubt at all that we will see it. Because if he is healthy and he doesn't have, according to, once again, the doctors, a near-death experience as he had prior to that went undiagnosed because it's impossible to even test for it. The George Cambosis fight where he has a small tear in his esophagus. If he doesn't have that, I think he will be fine. The better question is at 140, who would give him who would give him a test? Who would give him a cambosis like test? Because if this weight, which I believe it obviously will, because he usually rehydrates to like 150-ish, if this weight is good for him and the power also transcends against a fellow 140 pounder, which I think it will in this fight against a journeyman fighter, what would be the next guy? Who would be the next guy at 140 that you would want to see him? Or do they have the rematch with Loma after they both take care of business? Uh, I don't foresee the rematch with Loma because, like I said, I think Loma taps out at 135 pounds. And for a long time, he said that his goal is to be the unified lightweight champion. So I think that he will be content whether he wins or loses in the very near future to stay at that weight class and try to make his dream happen until – He's forced to retire either, you know, by his own choice or by way of the sport retiring him. But uh, you ask who could be a test for um, for Tio at one forty. Tio at at one forty. I think Tio's going to have several tests at one hundred and forty pounds. The the weight class is back popping. You still got um, you you have the winner um, of. Luke, I mean, not uh, Luke, sorry. But you have the, the winner of Zepeda and Ramirez for the, the WBC 140-pound title. i love to see him fight either one of those guys because Zepeda, sharpshooter, Ramirez, buzzsaw against T.O.'s power, either one of those guys, I'd I, I love to see that fight. You got Regis Progray out there who, oh, I don't yeah. know who, I don't know who has tougher luck, him or Boo Boo Andre, but this guy cannot get a big fight at 140 pounds to save his life. There's a and, reason for it, though, right? Well, there's two reasons for it. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I would love to see him get a crack at Tiafimo Lopez. Like, those guys, to me, like, Tio kind of reminds me of a younger, slightly faster Regis program, right? Just, like, by way of the power you know, the slick upper body movement when they want to get in there and just that thudding power, man, like it's undeniable. So like who are the challenges for Teofimo Lopez at 140 pounds? I just named three fighters right there who could give him a tough time. But then you think about, you think about Josh Taylor, Josh Taylor relinquished two of his belts just so he could fight 
um, what what's the guy's name who was going to fight again? Jack Catterall. Jack Catterall, and Jack Catterall did himself a favor by and you know emerge is, is now going to emerge as you know one of the big names at 140 pounds. So Which no one saw coming. Nobody saw coming. He's <laughs> the George Cambosis of 140 pounds. So as long as he does better than George Cambosis does, you know, upon his return to the ring, you know, that is a player that could be very interesting to see T.O. against. I think that the, the, the weight class is very rich, it's popping, it's exciting. And now with Ryan saying he's not going back down to 135 pounds, you know, if both of these guys continue to handle business, well, maybe we get a, maybe we get a meeting there. This is just a quick Google search because I feel like T.O. is taller. It says they're both 5'8", which I'm really Ooh. surprised about. Who? Tia Fimo and Regis Progre. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought yeah, Tio was way... I thought Tio would tower over Regis Progre. I wow. did. I did. Tio, he lo- Tio he Tio looks Fimo bigger Lopez. He looks bigger in the ring than I suppose I... Uh, I suppose than I than I thought between those two. I um, the pro gray fight is interesting. Um, the Josh Taylor pro gray fight was not only electric, but many had it a different way. Uh, pro was in there. We should reach out to him and get him on this show because I'm sure he would have a lot to say about your potential Tiafimo uh, bout, and yeah. that, my friends, would be bombs fucking away with those two Tio can thud we already know and regis is a thudder look at josh taylor's eye after yeah. that fight and tell me that that dude cannot pack a motherfucking punch and regis program did that with one punch it wasn't like there was like there wasn't a sustained attack that caused his eye yeah. to swell up like that i think that at some point between 10 and 12 Regis just loaded up on one shot and arguably could have stopped the fight on how swollen that eye was. But I also want to make a point about a fighter that you mentioned earlier. There's Arnold Barboza, who after his fight on after his win last Friday, called out Tiafimo Lopez. He said, if I can't get a shot at a title, I want Tiafimo Lopez at 140 pounds. And when I tell you that dude looks huge at that weight class, he looks huge. Mm hmm. He's a huge 140-pounder. Like, that was supposed to be the guy. And think about it from this perspective. That was supposed to be the guy that Tiafimo Lopez fought upon his return to 140 pounds until, I think, more clearer heads prevailed in, in the matchmaking and the storytelling there because that's a very dangerous fight whether you're active or inactive. And coming off of a loss, if I'm his promoter, if I'm his manager, that's not the fight that I'm putting my client in there against. So... Kudos to whoever decided Arnold Barboza can step to the side. But still, you got Arnold Barboza who's calling you out. So there's not many soft touches for Tiafimo Lopez at 140 pounds. I agree. That's that's my point. At 35, he could, you know, before he fought Loma, you know, he had to prove himself that he was ready to get there. And he did what he was supposed to do with that level of competition. And then you see he fought Loma. And the back end of that fight got a little bit scary. And now he's stepping up to 140 pounds. And you got all of these killers. And they smell blood in the water because they saw his performance in his last fight. And they're thinking, there's some things that I can exploit there. Are we going to see that happen? Is it going to manifest the way that they wanted to? We don't know. And that's why we got to see the fights. But there are no soft right. touches for Teofimo Lopez at 140 pounds. According to ESPN's divisional rankings, 
the guys who do not have a fight coming up. Montana Love. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Barboza Jr. Zepeda, Regis Progre, Jose Ramirez, and we know that Josh Taylor and Jack Catterall are going to be fighting one another. And then it depends what happens with the Catterall-Taylor fight as well. There are so many good matchups. And I, I know you brought up... Um, Ryan Garcia going to 140, Tiafimo going to 140. It's only a matter of time before more guys even step their weight up and go to 140. And then it's going to be even more pop and might be the deepest division in all of boxing in a year or two. We move Can I make forward. a hot take? Can yeah, I make a please. hot take before we move forward? Yeah, go for it. I don't think Ryan Garcia's career lasts for more than two years. From Two more years. Two more years. Um... I, I, don't su- think... I suppose. Um, why do you say that? At 140 pounds, when you name all the guys that we just named, from Zepeda to Ramirez to Barboza to Progre to Tiafimo to potentially Devin, I don't think Ryan beats any of those guys. And I think that when Ryan suffers his first defeat, whether it be at the hands of Tank Davis or otherwise, I think that he's probably going to check out. Can I give you a hypothetical real quick? What if he beats Tank? If he beats Tank, then his, he still might retire. He's Because that's the guy he's been calling out his entire career. At that point, he probably feels like he's reached the summit. And, and let, that's a Devin, fair point. Let, Devin Haney, let Devin Haney tell it he's whooped him four times in the amateurs, and Devin's only gotten better. Mm-hmm. So... Who do you beat then after you beat Tiafimo Lopez? I mean, after you beat Tank Davis. Then you got to go see Devin Haney. There's no more <laughs> excuses. Okay. Right. So, let, let, and, and let's say hypothetically, let's say hypothetically he beats Devin Haney. Well, then, well, then now Shakur Stevenson's on your ass. That's right. Okay. All right. And I think we could just stop with the hypotheticals there because he's, he's not beating Shakur Stevenson by any stretch. You still got the likes of Tiafimo Lopez, Regis Progre, Zepeda, Ramirez, all of these guys who don't play games when they get in the ring. And that's why I was saying at the very beginning of our conversation, the fight that he just fought tells me absolutely nothing about the level of competition that he's going to have to step into to really be King Ryan Garcia. Hey, it's Rick. We just want to give a special thank you for supporting our show and our vision on the world of boxing. Now don't be like Curtis Harper and show up without contributing, y'all. Drop us a follow. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave a review. Tell us how awesome and handsome we are if you want to. And let's build this great community from the ground up. We love you and appreciate you. See you next time.